How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. And we're live. Welcome to the Lakers Late Night Podcast. This is the happiest I've been all year. Ding dong, the Byron's gone. Woo! I am not usually one to celebrate somebody's end of employment, uh, being unemployed. But uh, here we are. Byron is gone. I am joined by my lovely wife, who had to deal with me all year and, and my angry hot takes about Byron all year. And then also, Harrison, you're, you're also watching or, or, or talking live. Honestly, I can't even talk right now. How's it going, Harrison? <laughs> Well, you called her lovely, and you just introduced me as Harrison. So, I mean, we kind of have that problem off the bat. That was rude, but um, no, I'm uh, I'm do- I'm doing pretty well. It's it's kind of funny. Uh, so, I was when I was leaving the Defenders game about an hour, a uh, little more than an hour ago. I was walking out with my friend Alan Huerta from Lakers Nation, and your good friend. You know, what? Your good friend, shout out to Magic's tweets. Yeah, my good friend. <laughs> and so we were heading out of the facility and he walked out a different door than me. And then we like kind of caught up with each other. And he's like, did you see Byron walking in just now? And I was like, no, I missed him. And he's like, yeah, I just walked in. And uh, and so I didn't think too much of it, but I tweeted out, you know, like just in case anyone's wondering, Byron's at the Lakers facility. And then I started to think, I'm like, why would he be there on a Sunday night? And so I guess he's packing up his stuff. <laughs> he's got that box. They just uh, they, they texted him and they're like, Byron, man up and clean out your office. <laughs> man up and clean up. <clears throat> All right, so this is how this is going to work. I don't know if anybody out there has a beverage of choice. Uh, I have in front of me a shot of Fireball in honor of everybody in front, you know, who who was there for – the summer league last year. That was the that was our drink of choice. So, uh, because Jen had to deal with me throughout the year, <laughs> and it was a rough year, listening to Byron <laughs> uh, just dump on the on the Lakers youth. Here we are. So, here's here's mine. Here's Jen's. Everybody out there, cheers. Harrison cannot drink, so you will not partake. And also, it's not very journalistically whatever. So. Here we go. Salute. Here we go. All right. Goodbye, Jen. <laughs> I just wanted fireball. <laughs> she just, I don't know if you heard that, but she said all she wanted was fireball. I heard it. That's <laughs> my this wife. This is not how I expected it to go. What's that? This is not how going how I expected it to go. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Go ahead and distance yourself from the pre pre uh, show talks that we had. All right, we, we don't have production meetings before the show. <laughs> One would think, based on the shows, we wouldn't. So we'll just go ahead. Well, actually, I actually do want to talk about this stuff. There are angles to take on on this story, and yeah, it's, it's kind of a big story, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it turns out. But 
so I, I got the news. I was pulling in uh, into the driveway when we got the news, and my initial reaction was, "Holy bleep, we are we finally made it!" Right? Holy crap, this has finally happened. And my second take was, "What the heck took so long?" Right? If this was if this was going to be the you know the result all along, why not can the guy? right when the season starts. I, I honestly can't find an explanation. I, I don't know. I don't think that this was going to be the result all along because all the reports were that they were deliberating. So either they were actually, this was not an easy decision for them to make and they had to think about it, or they just wanted the appearance of that to kind of appease the other showtime, all the showtime people littering their organization and the coverage of them. So I don't know which one of those it is. I can't speak to that. But it's it, like the reports are that there were deliberations going on. This was not so always going to be the outcome. So I think while I think that both of us would agree that they made the right decision, I don't know that it was a, as foregone of a conclusion as it would have been if, say, you were Lakers GM. Right. I My thing is, how would this not have been the ending result? This guy had... What did he finish with? Thirty-eight wins in two seasons, and I, with, yeah, I believe it was thirty-eight wins in two seasons. Right, and and I don't have it in front of me. I you know shows how prepared we are, but I don't know how many wins D'Antoni finished with in his worst season, right? Um, and D'Antoni was right, and and D'Antoni was fired in large part due to you know lack of results and if the Lakers are going to be consistent and if the Lakers are going to try to appeal to this brand of, we are the best, we are the top basketball brand out there. They can't then turn around and not fire this guy. And look, uh, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's not good to think about these things, but if they hadn't been thinking about it throughout the season, then what were they looking at the season as? I mean, I'm sure that they were thinking about it throughout the season, but it just sounds like, I mean, you have to understand that these people like, I mean, at least a lot of people in the organization were friends with him for a long time. And so I don't think that it was necessarily on a personal level as easy of a decision to make as it is for all of us that, Uh, you know, that are more removed from the situation. And this isn't to defend. I mean, they they ended up making, I think, the right decision in the end. I'm just trying to look at it from other perspectives and think about what maybe they were thinking that caused them to take so long. Can't we just say that it's an inept organization to a certain extent? Like, can't we just say that this was the obvious move to make and they waited two weeks too long or a week too long and because they waited so long, the top two co- candidates on the market are now off the market. I don't know that. The, I, would you consider Scott Brooks definitely a higher tier candidate than Luke Walton? Because I think Thibodeau is definitely number one. I mean, yeah, I, I, I actually think so. Because the, the thing with Luke is he makes a ton of sense on the peripheral standpoint, right? That like he's involved with, uh, Golden State and everything that Golden State touches goes to gold except for Stephen Curry's knee and you know he goes he's he's a former Laker and he's a Southern California guy and, and everything that 
has to do with that, great. But in terms of actual ability to put in place a system and develop young kids and, and, and get everything that he can possibly get out of them, Scott Brooks is, is far more proven than Luke Walton. Now, might, yeah, we be sing, might, might we be singing a different tune if the Lakers plateau, just like the Oklahoma City plateaued under Scott Brooks? Sure, but for the time being right now, I think Scott Brooks is a better candidate than Luke Walton, or was. We don't know anymore. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair to say because he, he does, like you said, he has the proven track record. Uh, I, I just think that Luke, to, to learn enough under Steve Kerr and to continue to keep that atmosphere going in what has to be a really tough situation coming into, you're defending your title, and lead them to, I believe, what was it, like a 40-4 and four record? It was insane. Yeah, and so he, he's not – like that's not uh, all just out-talenting other teams. He definitely helped along the way there. And so I, I do think that there's potential there. But, yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, Brooks definitely does have the more proven track record. That's, that's a certainty. And to Luke's credit, you know, like we had this conversation early on in the process, right, when Byron Scott came out of the gates and fell on his face – and Luke Walton came out of the gates and, and, and you know, helped get the, the, the Warriors to the spot that they were. And there were a couple games there. There were a couple close, close games that people credited Luke and said that, you know, he kept his cool. He made whatever adjustments he could. And, and, the, and the Warriors, you know, maintained their, their high level of play. But it, it goes to Luke's credit that he was uh, – <laughs> this is ironic. But he was man enough to step out of the way – and say, look, the the actual head coach did a great job in, in putting this, laying this foundation down. I'm just not going to mess it up. I could very easily see Byron stepping into that same exact situation and messing that up somehow. You know, so so in that respect, I, I'm willing to give Luke credit. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not sitting here bashing on Luke. I just think. Uh, Brooks and Tibbs were were just uh, Tibbs was far and away the better candidate. Uh, Brooks is is slightly better, and then Luke is he, Luke is the person everybody is going. I guarantee you tonight, uh, we want Luke is going to be trending in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, something related to Luke Walton. Yeah, for sure. I guarantee it. Uh, all right. So my my next kind of question about this is, and this is all speculation. We, we should always lay out that caveat. But my next question is, does this mean the Lakers feel like they have a chance at Luke, who is on the record at this, not necessarily on the record in terms of journalistically speaking, but Luke has come out and said that I'm, he's not necessarily interested in becoming a head coach next season. He wants to find the absolute best situation. Do you think this means that the Lakers think they have an actual chance at Luke? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to think they have a chance. Mm-hmm. I, and then, then again, I don't know that the two decisions are intertwined. I think that they could have decided that Byron was not the right coach for them without separate from whether or not they think Luke will take the job. But I definitely – I'm sure that they think that they have a chance at Luke Walton, and I think they do have a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it's definitely an offer he's going to consider – and, you know, maybe he will stay in Golden State, but I, I don't think that he's going to rule them out outright. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And uh, I, it was funny because even with Thibodeau wanting personnel control and even with Scott Brooks, uh, you know, winding up in Washington, 
that both those guys, there were reports after the fact that both those guys were interested in this Lakers job, which tells me that isn't that terrible of a, of a coaching job, right? No, I don't think it is because it, well, okay. So it depends on the coach. Like for Thibodeau, I guess he did end up taking the roster of kids in Minnesota, but they're probably a little bit further along in their development than the Lakers ones are. And so for a coach that desperately feels like they have to win right this second, it's maybe not the best job. It depends, you know, obviously pending which free agents the Lakers get. But I think, uh, I think otherwise, like, I don't know what other – I don't know that there are a lot of coaches that would rule it out just because you would think that there would be some patience with the next guy because mm-hmm. of that young roster. Mm-hmm. And so they would come in and they would get at least a couple of years to be show, to show that they were making incremental progress because there were people that were pointing to, you know, Byron Scott, what was he supposed to do? He had a young roster. They weren't ready to win. It's like they were supposed to show – more progress than they showed. And he was yep. supposed to manage them sensibly. And neither of those two things were really happening. And so the Lakers decided to move on. But I think that if a coach like, say, Scott Scott Brooks, back when he was available, but what he did with the Oklahoma City Thunder, where he came in and he really let those guys have the opportunity to spread their wings, then I think that that's the kind of coach that the Lakers are going to be looking for. And I think that if a coach comes in and does that, then they're going to have pretty good job security. And, and and the obvious counterpoint to Scott Brooks is <laughs> Russell Westbrook is, what, 6'4", can jump out of any gym and is just an animal on the court. And then Kevin Durant is a seven-footer who can dribble like a point guard and shoot like, you know, some of the greatest shooters that we've ever seen. So there's the tendency to think that those guys were going to be great, great no matter who they played for. But there was never a moment in Scott Brooks's early tenure where you thought to yourself, "Is that is this guy hurting these guys? You know, hurting uh, either of those two guys?" And then that's without mentioning Serge Ibaka, who I think has has outdone his uh, projections, and then James Harden has definitely outdone his projections, right? And all those guys look back on Scott Brooks and said that he played a part in that, um, whereas. With with Byron Scott, uh, D'Angelo Russell has the talent, you would think, to be an easy first-team All-NBA rookie candidate, right? But there's a lot of question as to whether or not he's actually going to make it there. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Byron Scott held the dude back. And uh, it's just nice that, you know, you would, it's, it's, it's great to hope for whoever they bring in next there will not be that same concern that would have loomed over the Lakers uh, had Byron Scott remained for this, for this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. So we'll just go ahead and, and uh, we'll wrap this up. We just want to do a really quick podcast. Honestly, I just want to take a shot on the air. I can't lie. Uh, Drink responsibly, next? everyone. <laughs> yes. And Uber, please Uber uh, and Lyft. Lyft is really good too, especially out here in the Harbor Heights area, but What's next for the Lakers then? Do they, I mean, we, you have to think that we'll start hearing about interviews with, with hopefully Luke. Uh, Etor Messina will probably come in. Uh, what's the next bit of news that you're, that you're already pre-writing as of right now? I'm already pre-writing. <laughs> well, 
So that's the funny thing. I was I was all ready to work on my defender's game story. I had like I had a nice story mapped out in my head, and it looks like that's all out the window at least for tonight. Mm-hmm. So I think coming up next, I I, th- I think we have to start looking at these candidates again. Which ones are going to potentially interview for the job? You mentioned Walton. You mentioned Messina. Uh, I saw it was reported by Woj that Kevin Ollie would be a guy that they'd possibly look at. You Kevin know Durant the guys there. Yeah, and you know that the uh, uh, the John Calipari rumors are going to start flying in full force because that guy gets attached to pretty much any job that's open where owners have proven that they're willing to like throw money at a coach and they like to make a splash with their kind of moves, which I think fits the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think he's been reported yet, but I think that's a guy that's going to get linked to the job at least once or twice in this news cycle. And I don't think he's the most likely candidate, but he, his name's going to come up. Uh, I, I'm not sure. What other names do you? What other names are you thinking? I don't know if you said Jay Wright. Did you say Jay Wright? No, because Jay Wright was a was a hot commodity a couple of years ago, and then Villanova. I wouldn't say they took a dip per se, but then they came back and won the national championship this year. And, and there there are some people out there, especially in professional circles, who like him as a candidate. Uh, all the guys that you mentioned uh, sound good. Uh, the side, oh, oh um, I don't know if you mentioned Jeff Hornacek. I kind of like the Jeff Hornacek angle. Yeah, uh, I, I actually kind of like him too, especially with Clarkson and Russell and the mm-hmm. whole dual point guard thing because they can both play that a little bit. And he was able to manage Bledsoe and Drogic, and I think that, that that's actually an interesting choice. Right. So those, I, I think, you know, the, the list that you and I put together is pretty. Uh, the all... other, the other oh. name that I kind of like that I forgot to mention, but is uh, that that Heat assistant Dave Fisdale? He was getting mm-hmm. a lot more credit and a lot more shine when the Heat were, had LeBron, obviously. But he was given a lot of credit for those kind of finals runs. He was there were a lot of people saying that he was someone that was kind of instrumental to that. So he's someone that I think would definitely at least be worth an interview. They could kind of figure out whether or not he, he's a good candidate. I, I think mm-hmm. from afar, that looks like someone that maybe they should be interested in. Right, yeah. It, Fisdale uh, at Alfonso Hoops, if he's listening, I, there's no way he's listening right now. He's on the East Coast. But uh, it, he's he's somebody who I get constant praise uh, on my timeline about, you know, from, from him and, and all of the rest of Heat Twitter. So basically, it's addition by subtraction. That's the story here, right? That it's, This guy is gone. You might have said it best, and you said it with absolutely no chill, but in our coaching roundtable from earlier this year, uh, you guys can check that out on Silver Screen and Roll, you said that you would prefer a corpse depending on warmthness or, 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 or warmness. Freshness, War- freshness. Warmthness is not a word, but that's how tired yeah. I am. Uh, <laughs> freshness. freshness. Yeah. <laughs> depending on freshness. <laughs> yep. And uh, – you know, I think that's kind of the thing here is this guy coached the two worst Lakers teams in franchise history. There are just very few people that could come in and do a worse job than that. It's it's almost like it, you, you really you, you'd have to try to find a candidate that could come in and do worse than that. You would think well, not, not only not only was he bad on the court, but in terms of and again, I am biased. I say this every single time coming from my background, but. In terms of PR, Byron Scott was about as bad a person that the Lakers could possibly have as as the face of their franchise to a large extent, right? If if 
if the face of the franchise wasn't Kobe or, 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 or the face of the franchise after Kobe, who's the next person that got the most airtime for the Lakers? It was Scott. And it, he was a moron from- every time he spoke. Like every time he spoke, Mark Medina gained about 10,000 followers this year just by quoting Byron Scott. And it's because I, Byron said so many stupid things. Uh, and like even us, even leaving that to the side, just his schemes and his rotation yeah. and his inability, his unwillingness to change and saying at the end of the year with a month left, I, th- I think I've run out of coaching moves to make. <laughs> like, wait, what? No, what? Better than that. No, I'll, I'll, I'll see that. I'll see that stupid quote. And I'll raise you this one is that at the beginning of the year, Bill Orem asked Byron Scott if he learned anything from last year and that he would change anything from how last year went. And he said no. And it's like... <laughs> that explains why they got four less wins this year. <laughs> Crazy how that worked out. So here the we are. figured right. them out. The, the very few things that they had that were working last year, the year <laughs> the league figured out. So, all right. So I... Uh, I always have my, my four notes that we that we work with as we go into all these shows. And I, I just figured I'd show it to you. You know, I don't know if you guys can anybody watching live right now. Byron was was the top one. Why why the wait? What's next? And then honestly, yay again. <laughs> we are here again. Uh Byron is gone. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I don't know if we took anybody away from, from Game of Thrones. Enjoy your Game of Thrones tonight. And then to everybody else out there, enjoy your Silicon Valley tonight. That's my that's my second favorite show. Uh, Harrison, anything? That you, <laughs> you're going to be a busy guy tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, just hey, to, to Byron Scott, Valor Morghulis, you know. It's, uh... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right, I'm going to, Harrison, you get the last word there. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Anthony.